Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Barity Jackdish, and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for The Bigger Picture. And indeed, we've seen a lot of uh, market ups and downs since February 2020 and continuing change probably on, on the agenda, right, Ryan? Yeah, if you wind the clock back to February 2020, that was actually when COVID-19 hit markets and we saw a plunge and since then we've seen a rebound, a spectacular rebound, so much so that markets have already gone above pre-COVID levels. And the thing is, we are heading into 2022 and most market watchers are a bit more conservative when it comes to returns these days because the low hang fruit has pretty much been taken. And according to City, now the transition from recovery to expansion in financial markets is largely over. So how do you see outperformance post-pandemic? Let's get a bigger picture from Robert Hoffman. He is the Head of Investment Counselor for South Asia at City Private Bank. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing today? Um, well, good morning, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, Robert, glad to have you on. So let's talk about the outlook for 2022. And you know, we are not sure of things to worry about these days. We've got now Omicron, the slowdown perhaps in China, and the tightening from many central banks. What's your view on where 2022 is heading? It's, uh, there are a lot of risks, obviously, to keep in mind as we go forward. And I think you're seeing those play out on a daily basis right now in markets. With the VIX and the volatility index, the measure being spiking over the last week, I think it's given investors a, a chance to reassess their portfolios as we head into 2022. And that's critical. So the story you just mentioned about what's happening in China versus the U.S., really two different stories, but there are bigger pl- themes at play. Inflation is the biggest one right now that's driving markets and the response from the Fed. Uh, Omicron has certainly weighed in there, though I think if you look back over the last several months, the, the Delta variant and Omicron variant, actually, the whole coronavirus uh, story has, has been less reactive to markets. So markets have kind of powered through there and continue to go up, even when we've seen additional waves of sicknesses and different viruses. So the market will take that in, 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 uh, in stride. But obviously, the, the bigger issue right now is what happens with the U.S. Federal Reserve. And then into China, obviously, policy, this is a big year for policy in China with it being um, – the 20th Congress Party mm. meeting at the end of the year, there's going to be a lot of pressure to try to put some positive reforms in for the common prosperity. So we are actually constructive on both markets longer term, though we do recognize that volatility will be a little higher in the shorter term. Yeah, Robert, let's look at your portfolio allocation and look at 2022. How different is it going to be versus this year in terms of where you are tilting your exposure? Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, we, we think that the, the easy money is made on the, the reversion to mean trade. So the things that sold off most at the beginning of COVID have made, more than made up the money that they, they lost over that period in the last few months. So what we're doing now is we're increasing the quality of assets across the portfolio. And, and that means a, a little bit of a shift beneath the surface. So while we're still significantly overweight equities globally, which I think is about a 6% overweight for us, it's come down from a high of about 11%. Um, we are still significantly overweight equities, but we're underweight credit. But we think underneath the surface is where the real changes have to happen. So shifting from a few of the growth names that have no profitability to adding in some of the high dividend pay, excuse me, the high dividend growers uh, will be a big story for 2022. And on the credit side, obviously, it's a very challenging environment when you see interest rates going up, but, but relative uh, yields being so low. And in fact, absolute, be, uh, absolute yields being negative. Uh, you, you need to be able to put money mm. to work, but do it smartly. Yeah. And one of the themes you're watching out for is global health care. Walk us through how investors can tap on this. 
So I think if you look across the entire healthcare spectrum, there obviously the big names have played out Pfizer and Merck as the stories have come out with coronavirus. But if you look at the healthcare sector broadly, the growth that's in there, consumer spending over the last call it 20 years or so has gone from about 5% of consumer spending has been to healthcare to now it's almost close to 20%. Whereas if you look at automobiles, that's been 6% and down to four and five. So the, the, the expectation for it, there's going to be more spending in the healthcare sector across the entire globe, not to mention the investment that's been made there over the last couple of years in search of new cures for the, the coronavirus variant. I think you're going to see significant breakthroughs in this space over the course of the next few years, and valuations are very reasonable right now to be able to step in relative to other sectors. Now, Robert, talking about other sectors, um, we're looking at technology as well as one of the hot topics uh, these days, and digitization is one of those themes is technology the new defensive stock these days when it comes to investing? I don't know if it's a defensive stock as much. It definitely has it's some of the larger names definitely have some interesting characteristics that haven't been associated with technology over the last few years, such as dividend growth and high free cash flow. Again, you need to differentiate between those companies that are actually making profits versus those companies that are projecting profits into the future. But interesting developments in companies like Meta with what's happening with mm. digitization. But I think what you, you want to make sure of is, is we do go further and further into the digit, digitization uh, path. Make sure that you're paying a lot of attention to cybersecurity. That, for us, is probably the next big breakthrough that we're going to see is in the, the cybersecurity space as more and more data becomes digital. Yeah, and, of course, um, one area of interest is China. We've seen talk about a slowdown. Let's also talk about how they've been discouraging Chinese companies from listing overseas. So a lot going on, including the property sector, what's happening with China Evergrande, the defaults that might spread across the rest of the sector. How are you approaching investing in China? We're, we're, we're taking a very cautious eye, and I do think China, especially over the next few months, we haven't seen the end of, of some of this turmoil, especially as you look at some of the property developers, which makes it infects the entire investment landscape in China. However, if you look at it, despite all of these rapid changes, you're still going to see a roughly 45 to 5% growth rate in China next year. So in spite of all of those self-inflicted wounds, you can't find that growth anywhere else in the world. So you need to make sure that it is an important part of your overall portfolio allocation. And we do have a small overweight to Chinese equities. However, we're looking more at the common prosperity names where you're less likely to be in the crosshairs of, of regulation and regulatory changes, but more likely to have some stimulative measures over in the second half of the year, such as reserve rate requirement cuts that will help to, to bolster and fan the flames of, of these smaller companies, as well as just in general an easing policy uh, likely towards the second half of the year to try to stimulate more of the economy. Yeah, where does this leave the e-commerce names, the likes of Alibaba and GD.com, Robert? I, look, I can't really bring up individual names as far as recommendations go, but I can tell you in the entire space, the larger names in China are going to remain in the, the regulatory crosshairs for some time. So there's going to be some skepticism there around how they're actually able to move forward. But if you look just one step down into some of the suppliers and some of the part suppliers, that's where you can start to find some interesting transactions and some interesting mm -hmm. trades, especially as the Chinese government continues to stimulate those, uh, the growth of those sectors. All right, Attorney Robert Hoffman, he is the Head of Investment Counselors for South Asia City Private Bank. Robert, thanks for your time this morning. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.